Today's Rule 5 Protection Day for Major League Baseball. So teams across the league are deciding who they're going to protect from the Rule 5 draft and add to the 40-man roster and who they're not. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Alrighty, well, welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic start to the week. Happy Tuesday. Uh, so we are going to spend this entire episode talking, except for a little bit at the beginning, uh, talking about who the Detroit Tigers are going to protect from the Rule 5 draft. So if you're unaware, uh, today, as you're listening to this, the 14th of November at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, all teams in the league will have to have their player, their 40-man roster set. And anybody who is Rule 5 eligible that is not on the 40-man roster at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday is going to be in the draft pool for the Rule 5 draft in December. Okay, so there's a lot of very, very important decisions happening across Major League Baseball today, and we will obviously be talking about the Tigers' perspective in that. There's a couple of players, really just one, that I think is like an absolute lock. Then there's one that's a probable but not a lock, and then there's several toss-ups. Then there's some names that are being thrown out there that I don't think are really going to happen, and then there's kind of the rest of the pool. So I don't know how many different what, would break it down into five groups, four groups. I don't even know how many groups that is, uh, but we will discuss all of the players that are eligible and the likelihood of them being protected today. All right. And then tomorrow's episode, we're going to recap the decision. Uh, so if there's any surprises on there, et cetera, we're going to talk about who was protected, why they were protected and so forth. All right. But we're going to start off by talking about the just a, a small, I guess, news and notes thing, something that we have had our eyes on for a while. James Rousen is officially the new New York Yankees hitting coach. He was the Tigers assistant hitting coach in 2023. So they will technically, the Tigers, have a vacancy at assistant hitting coach at the major league level. Um, there's a few different ways they can go with it. We'll, like I said, we'll keep our finger kind of on the pulse of that situation as we go forward. We've already talked about a couple different possibilities. There's also the possibility that they just run with two hitting coaches instead of three. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so we will see what they do. But it seems like they're kind of set on a, a a larger coaching staff, and not huge. You know, three hitting coaches isn't like some egregious number, but seems like they're kind of set on sticking with that. So uh, we will keep. Our, uh, we'll, I'm going to say the pulse analogy for the third time in three minutes. That's probably not a good idea, but we are going to, uh, to keep an eye on that situation as it develops. But the Tigers currently now have a hole there. Obviously, wish him nothing but the best. He was, he was cool here. Uh, good, 
pedigree and, and whatnot. When we brought him in, people were excited, pretty highly regarded in the baseball world. So hopefully he does good things with the New York Yankees, but he's no longer the assistant for the Detroit Tigers. Okay, let's get down to the Rule 5 protection. So I already laid out kind of uh, what is happening today in terms of what teams are deciding on. Um, there is a very long list of players who are Rule 5 eligible. Uh, there's always a cutoff, five years of minor league service without being on the 40-man roster. Uh, there's always just every year the the you have to be drafted or if you're an international prospect, signed by this date, moves obviously one year closer, uh, every year further, it goes up a year, obviously just math. Um, so I explained that horribly. That was very poor English, but, uh, so there, there's always a really long list. Like there's this misconception that there's like, Oh, there's like two or three guys you have to choose from. No, it's like 40 people, uh, like every year. Um, I, I think like, like it's, it's a, there's a lot of people that don't make the 40 man roster in their first, you know, four or five years of professional ball that that's there more people do that than than don't uh so it, it's a very very long list and the tigers have to choose who to protect now it's also important to note this is also something that uh it, when these decisions are made i feel like maybe gets lost in the decision making process is this is not just straight up who which pro, which of these names do i like as prospects and i want to guarantee that they're on the team going forward it's not that simple because you you also don't want to just you can't keep everybody all right you, you literally can't keep everybody nonetheless like you don't want to keep everybody right this this is a team that has Riley Green on it that has Tarek Skubal on it right like you you you're, you're not just going to clear out everybody and keep everybody um so it, it's it's more than that because the biggest i think decision that goes into these because 40 man roster spots are valuable um, so the, the most important thing with these decisions is not, oh, do, does the team like them or not like them? The most important thing, the factor into the decision-making is will a team draft them in the rule five draft? That is essentially like, I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but that's really all that matters. That is the most important thing. Um, and obviously if you really like a prospect, that means that there's a decent likelihood that other people would really like a prospect and so forth. And especially when it comes to relievers in, in the rule. And we'll talk about that when we get to like the specific players here in a second, I promise that we will talk about that um, as I'm just kind of breaking down everything here to start off the show. Um, but there are, there are more relievers than any other position in, in, in the sport, right? Like object. It's not really particularly close. That's just, there's only five starters for every team, whether you're a minor league team or a major league team, there's only five or six guys penciled in or into a rotation. There's only one guy starting at each position. There's only only so many bench spots as far as utility player goes. There are more relievers than anything. So in the Rule 5 draft, it's often an opportunity for teams to take a chance on a guy that you are comfortable putting in the bullpen. Um, so there's a lot of players that maybe are not household names, and we'll talk about one specifically here that, that I would kind of like the Tigers to protect um, that, that maybe not a ton of people have heard of. And, uh, and uh, that is, again, like that goes into the decision-making positional value is important because it all just comes down to, is this dude going to get taken? Because ideally you'd like to keep somebody off the 40 man roster for as long as possible. That's just strategy. That's just how teams are built. That's the whole goal. You, th those are, those are valuable 
roster spots on the 40. Um, so that's why like guys like Colt Keith, like obviously Colt Keith is going to be uh, in the majors in 2024, but he's not on the 40 man roster yet. And they won't do that until like right before opening day. Okay. So let's talk about who has to be put on the 40 man roster. And then at the end of the show, we're also going to talk about who is, because the Tigers 40 man is at 40. So let's, we're, we're also going to talk about who is expendable and who are some players that uh, are going to uh, maybe in the conversation for getting the boot to make room for said players. Okay, we're going to start off with the slam dunk here. This is the only person that if it was announced at 6 p.m. that they weren't on the 40, I would truly be surprised. Okay, and that player is Dylan Dingler. That's the only player that I would be floored. I would be I would be very, very surprised if he was not on the 40-man roster. Um, Evan Woodbury of M Live brought up a point that catcher is not a super draftable position in the Rule 5 draft. So there might be some conversation for like, oh, well, if he's not, again, if he's not going to get taken, why are we rushing this? Um, but he did well enough last year. And, and I think most importantly, you just have a lack of catcher depth as an organization, and you want to give Dingler an opportunity, if you want to give him an opportunity in 2024 anyways, why not guarantee that opportunity and not lose the little catching depth that you have or even risk losing the little catching depth that you have? We'll continue the conversation here. We got a little bit more to say about Dingler, and then we'll get on to some of the more fringe candidates. There's one more that's like probable, but I don't think he's as much as a slam dunk as Dingler. We'll talk about that right after I tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow recapping the decision that is going to be made about this. We're also going to talk a little bit about more some more offseason stuff. Uh, and then we have two big dates that are looming at the end of the week as well. Qualifying offer decisions doesn't affect the Tigers, but does affect baseball and does affect free agency. And then on Friday, we have our non-tender decisions that have to be made. That will obviously be an episode this week as well. So big week ahead, and it starts off with the protection of players for the Rule 5 draft. So Dylan Dingler's one. He he did well enough offensively this year. He got promoted, ended in Toledo. I would be pretty surprised if he wasn't on there. Um, I, I think also part of this is the fact that, uh, again, like catcher depth is, is really big for me. And I know I kind of brought that up before the break, but um, you, you don't have too terribly much of it. Right, like if Jake Rogers got hurt next year, we're gonna knock on wood. Okay. Oh my goodness, there's none near me. Okay. I promise there's some over there. Um, if if Rogers was to get hurt, you will instantly become absolutely hosed at the catcher position. You, you're you're toast. Okay, and, and it would then turn into Carson Kelly, who I I don't disagree with the, the decision to pick up the option, but. It had an OPS in the fives this year, right? In the 500s. 
and Dylan Dingler, who has never played Major League Baseball before. That would be your catcher situation instantly because of one injury. And then after that, there is there, there is very little, right? Like Donnie Sands uh, struggled in AAA this year and is pushing 30. Like that that's the only other catcher on the 40-man roster right now. And and a lot of your other like one-year kind of minor league catcher depth players, Michael Papierski, et cetera, all left uh, in minor league free agency. So I, I, that is the reason why, to me, this is a guy that you have to protect. It's just a very slippery slope, and, and and that position can thin up very quickly for a position that is so important on the baseball field. Yes, I'm biased. I was a catcher my whole life. It's important, okay? Uh, so Dingler's one. The other one that I think is very likely, but I don't think is as much of a guarantee as Will <laughs> spoiler, uh, as Dylan Dingler is Wilmer Flores. Wilmer Flores had a phenomenal 2022. He was uh, like one of the breakout stars, right? Like 2022 was the year in the minor league system, at least, was the year of Kerry Carpenter and Wilmer Flores. Like they were on the same level of, uh, of like prominence and skyrocketing through and becoming like household names to people that that follow the Tigers minor league system. And so uh, he had a great year and he was striking a lot of people out and he was limiting walks at, at, to like at, at a very, very solid clip. That was one of the things that he kind of hung his hat on, really fits the new regime well, wasn't allowing base runners, had an ERA of three in double A and sub two in high single A to start off the year. This year was a, I call it a plateau year. It wasn't a step back by any stretch. Uh, he had a 3 9 ERA in a full season, pretty much of double A. Didn't make it to Toledo this season. Uh, all, well, he had 21 starts on the year, technically, but uh, three of them were like rehab kind of uh, assignments in West Michigan. So his entire year was pretty much in Erie. And like I said, 3-9 ERA, uh, the walk numbers went up a little bit, but the strikeout numbers went down like a, he had a 9-1 K per nine this year. You'd like to see that get back up. He's also adjusting a lot. This is a guy that that has constantly been adjusting. He has a pretty lively fastball. Uh, he's been trying to make a lot of changes and adjustments to his changeup. Uh, and, and his breaking ball was like pretty good. That was a big, like again, prominent pitch in 2022. But I think one of the biggest things that, pitchers have to do with their development plan is going from throwers to pitchers. And I think that that's just what Wilmer's kind of going through right now. So uh, I still think Flores is going to be in the majors. I think he might even be in the majors in by like, you know, second half of the season, 2024, I don't think is really out of the question whatsoever, especially out of, uh, you know, a a bullpen type of piece. Um, But it's, uh, it's, the only reason that I slightly hesitate is a like there's like a minuscule. I'm not saying likely, so everybody take a deep breath and calm down. But a minuscule chance that like maybe he gets traded. But I, I think, uh, and we already talked about like pitchers have a higher likelihood of getting taken in the Rule Five drafts. So that would more incentivize you to to take him. But just because this wasn't another big step forward year, that kind of makes it like, oh, like if if Scott Harris' new regime wasn't his pick, like if he doesn't like him, maybe he risks not protecting him. Uh, but I I still, I would be relatively surprised if he was not protected. I'm still going into this 6 p.m. deadline with the assumption that Wilmer Flores and Dylan Dingler will both be players that are protected. After that is where it gets 
super messy. Okay. And there's a lot of different variables and conversations here. Uh, I'm just going to read off the entire list. Uh, Our friends over at Tigers Minor League Report, fantastic site, fantastic podcast, fantastic, fantastic human beings. Raj and Chris Brown, uh, go take in and support their content always. Uh, They did us the favor as fans of just sending out an entire list of every single person that was Rule 5 eligible uh, for the, in the Tigers organization. So, on the offensive side of the ball, Dylan Dingler, uh, you have Eliza Alfonso, Eduardo Valencia, uh, Daenerys De La Cruz, uh, Ricardo Hurtado, Jake Holton, Carlos Mendoza, Adinzo Reyes, Gage Workman, Andrew Navigato, Corey Joyce, Trey Cruz, Daniel Cabrera, Roberto Campos, Jose De La Cruz, Manuel Sequeira, Iverson Leonardo, and Jose Reina. So that is your non-pitchers side of thing. On that list, who outside of Dingler jumps out the page at you is like, we need to protect this guy. Uh, the one, the names that I get thrown at me the most uh, since the season ended and people that just like ask questions about like, oh, like, you know, protection, protection, like, is he going to get protected? Are... I have had a couple about Gage Workman. That's not happening. Uh, Trey Cruz and Roberto Campos, I would say, are the two that are the most prominent uh, and most frequent questions that I get asked. Really quickly, when it comes to Gage Workman, uh, I'm hoping he figured out something this year. uh, But this is a a guy that was sent to like was put on the developmental list this season. Uh, was just struggling so much that he went on a list that's in minor league baseball just for players like no injury designation, just are struggling and need to like step away and, and work on some stuff. So uh, he's not going to be a priority gauge where I, I just had a couple of people ask about that. Um, but I've had a lot of Trey Cruz and Roberto Campos. Uh, and, and I guess I have had one Daniel Cabrera. He, he struggled uh, too much as well. It's not going to be him either. Trey Cruz had an interesting year. Um, he was drafted as a shortstop out of Rice, obviously what third or even fourth generation baseball player, um, baseball family through and through was part of that Tigers 2020 draft that also involved obviously Daniel Cabrera and and Gage Workman, right? That's why they're all on, uh, on the, the, this list at the same time, right? They were all drafted the same year. Uh, so when it comes to Trey Cruz, drafted as a shortstop, moved to center field this year and like played solid defense in center field this season. Really, not too many people had very many complaints about what he was doing defensively. And uh, he wasn't like a poor defensive shortstop or second baseman either. Uh, you know, molding him into like a super utility that could play a lot of different positions has value. The issue is in a full season in double A, didn't play in any other level this year. He hit 214 and had a 706 OPS. Now he walked a boatload, which is great and something that this organization is going to highly value. Um, but he had a 371 slug and a 214 average in double A. Is there a chance that he could get taken by an organization that maybe sees the walk numbers and see the sees the positional versatility and wants to take a chance on him? Sure. Not zero, right? Uh, but is it likely? And are the Tigers going to be really, really distraught if they lose him? Uh, next year is going to be his age 25 season. He has not played above double A and just hit 214 in double A. I, I, I just... 
I understand the mindset when people ask me, and and there's some people out there that really do think that Trey Cruz is going to get capped, and and you know to each their own. It's a beautiful thing to have a different opinion, but um, it's just one of those things where I just don't think he's done enough offensively to a make the Tigers want to give him a 40 man roster spot, and b make the Tigers scared that he's going to get taken in the same breath. And those are obviously the two biggest factors behind these decisions. Let's talk Roberto Campos, the one everybody wants to talk about. Uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Let's talk Roberto Campos. Uh, Roberto Campos in 2023 had in high single A, so in West Michigan, his age 20 season, had five home runs, a 257 batting average, a 313 OBP, and a 395 slug. That's a 708 OPS. Uh, the outfielder is ever, now I don't even want to say controversial, just like th- there's this aura around Roberto Campos. When he he was the only like big money acquisition that Avila ever did, I guess Christian Santana a year later, but at the time, he was the only big money, he was the first big money uh, international prospect that Al Avila signed. It was, a, it was comfortably a record, like shattered the record, uh, Tigers record that is, for biggest signing bonus on an international prospect. They signed him when he was like 15, 16 years old, and is now 20, and it was always believed that the reason that they gave him the big money and, and you know, the, the ceiling came from the fact that he was super athletic, could run like the wind, and had power. So far in three seasons of professional baseball, three seasons, rookie league in 2021, single A in 2022, high A in 2023. He has 18 career home runs in three years. That's almost a 1,000 plate appearances. He has 18 home runs and 14 steals. He hit five homers this year, and he hit five homers in Lakeland in 2022. He had a sub-400 slug this year, and his career professional slugging percentage across all three levels is under 400. This power that we... And look, when he gets a hold of one, it makes a beautiful sound on the bat, okay? you It's like in Moneyball. Oh, when he connects, you can hear it echo all over the ballpark. If he's a hitter, why doesn't he hit well? That's like that scene from Moneyball is the epitome of Roberto Campos. I'm going to get fired up now. Like, it's just... he is He is so fascinating to me. Not even like angry fired up, just... He, he is so fascinating and like the, the, the aura and, and the conversation and kind of like the, the mythicalness, the legacy of Roberto Campos over the last five years is, is just so fascinating in this organization. So do you protect him? I don't. And that's not me giving up on Roberto Campos's ceiling. Okay. I know there's a lot of people out there that still really like the ceiling. They still want to see this through. I understand it. Okay. Got to see it through. I, I, I'm all, I'm all on board with that. He's, I would be stunned if he was taken by another team, though. Which again is such an important part of this conversation. Is he going to get taken? 
Is a guy that just had a 708 OPS in high single A going to get taken and expected to make it through? Because that's the thing. When you get taken in the Rule 5 draft, you have to stay on the Major League roster for the entire season. And if you don't, you are sent back to your original team. Is anyone going to keep Roberto Campos on their Major League roster for all of 2024? I would be floored if that was the case. So that is why, not because of anything him and the player, right? We, we look at the numbers, they're underwhelming. I, all of that even aside, I'm not even taking that into consideration, right? If you still are like the biggest Roberto Campos truther out there, more power to you, okay? I, I can get on board with giving him an opportunity. I just don't think there's any world in which another organization is going to give him an opportunity at the major league level for a full season. And uh, and that is why I would not protect him and don't think he is going to get protected. Okay, that's pretty much it for the hitters. Uh, on the pitching side of things, we have Wilmer Flores, Carlos Pena, Wilkel Hernandez, Willieander Moreno, Matt Walker, Andrew Magno, Austin Bergner, Adam Wolf, Lane Henderson, Jake Higginbotham, Tim Naughton, Zach Hass, Dario Guardia, Michael Beinlein, uh, Bryce Tassin, Angel Reyes, Gabriel Sequeira, Jose Diaz, and Yasbir Sanchez. So those are the pitchers. Uh, there are, like I said, inherently, just there's kind of more conversations on the pitching side of things. There's a few names that jump out to me off rip here uh, that I want to highlight before we go. I'm going to start with the one who outside of Wilmer Flores and Dylan Dingler, I think is actually the next in line, most likely to get protected. And that's Andrew Magno. For those who are unfamiliar with Andrew Magno, he is a left-handed reliever. Uh, this past season, he pitched in double A Erie for a majority of the year, but did end the season with 12 innings of one five ERA baseball in Toledo. Uh, but in 51 and a third innings, in AA Erie, he had a 2.10 ERA and 11.7 K per nine. Now, the only reason why this isn't an absolute slam dunk is because he has high walk numbers. Uh, this season, across both levels, he had a 5.1 walk per nine, uh, which is high, objectively, uh, but his hit per nine is low. So his whip was 1.2, right? It was 1.263 to be exact. So, uh, I mean, it's there's something to be said, you know, Blake Snell approach a little bit, right? Not going to give up hits, going to walk or strike out everybody. Uh, but the whip isn't egregious because he doesn't give up hits. And obviously, I'm not comparing him to, to Blake Snell in the slightest as far as, um, you know, like ceiling and production goes. But uh, he's someone to watch out for. I, I think there's a decent chance that he gets protected. Something that's been pointed out by a lot of people as well, uh, I know Brandon Day of Bless You Boys was, was the first person I saw pointed out, but I'm sure it's been pointed out by a lot of people, was just um, that the Tigers have a lack of lefties on their 40-man roster as well, especially after Tyler Alexander leaving. Um, it's it's few and far between. You only have like two or three, four lefties in, on your entire 40-man roster. So uh, getting a guy who you are comfortable with out of the pen that had good swing and missed stuff, good strikeout numbers. He's got a pretty like mid-90s fastball, really good slider, very good against lefties because of the slider. And he's been trying to develop a changeup in the minors this season. That's kind of the profile there really quickly. So uh, I Andrew Magno's a guy I would keep an eye on and that maybe like a lot of people haven't 
heard of, um, but uh, is is looking is is looking. I would put it over 50%. I don't think it's as high as the other guys. And if he wasn't on there, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But I I would say there's a decent likelihood that uh, that that he's going to be in consideration at least. Okay? So Magno's a guy to look for. Um, the only other guy that really jumped – there's a few more names that just like we can really quickly go over. Zach Hess was a guy that a couple years ago a lot of people were really high on, had pretty big uh, arm injuries in consecutive years, uh, has some velocity, has nasty stuff, just has really, really poor command. So I think he's probably a no. Uh, Adam Wolf, a guy who's just been a Tigers minor league kind of staple for a few years now, um, I, I think – He's a lefty, and, and like all of these guys that are lefties, I think there's a fighter's chance for him, but we'll see. Uh, Wilkel Hernandez is a guy who like I, I don't think is going to happen, uh, but ha- has shown some flashes as well. Um, Austin Bergner ha- had a really solid like few months, and then uh, between last year and this year, had a really solid couple of months at one point, but hasn't been able to sustain that, but he's a guy uh, like big body out of the bullpen that that absolutely could be in consideration there. Um, so there, there's definitely some some other conversations to be had. Again, a lot more on the pitching side of things. The other person I kind of have my eye on. I don't think it's likely. I'd put this way under fifty percent. This is kind of like a like a dark horse candidate for me. Is going to be Jake Higginbotham. Uh, Jake Higginbotham, fantastic name, obviously. Uh, but this season in Double A Erie. Had a 3-3-1 ERA and 51 and two-thirds innings. Uh, only an eight strikeout per nine, which is why I still think he's probably a no. Uh, but ca- took a huge step forward in terms of walk numbers. Uh, cut down the walk numbers. And, and he was never really like a super high walk guy, but uh, at times he had the ability to. And, and he's a lower walk lefty pitcher. Uh, with some pretty intriguing stuff as well. It wouldn't shock me if they looked at his profile and went, oh, we kind of want to get, you know, fetter his hands on him. So um, we'll see what happens. I still think that that's probably unlikely. It's more so just like the lefty thing and the low walk numbers, which is kind of like the alter ego of uh, Magno, who's a lefty with high walk numbers and high strikeout numbers, kind of opposite sides of of the lefty coin there. So um, that is kind of where my head is at. Uh, Final prediction. I think I'm going to go, huh, I think my final prediction is going to be like lame and, and not super hot takey. And it's just going to be Dingler, Flores, and Magno. Um, I, I guess Magno is maybe a little bit of a, of a spicier one, but certainly not uh, as spicy as last year. Like last year, if if anybody would have had their money on Brendan White getting protected going into last year's deadline, you'd be a millionaire right now, right? Um, and, and that's the beautiful part about this. Last year, five players were added when we only thought like two were going to be, maybe three. Right. Like that, that was the, that was not only the consensus in my brain when we did this episode last season, that was the consensus between writers and the fan base. It was like, all right, like they're going to add Parker, right? They're, they're like Lipsius is a maybe, right? Winsiel Perez is a maybe. We probably don't get both of them. Brennan White wasn't on anybody's radar, right? They added five people at last year's deadline and, and we only expected a couple. So that could happen again. Scott Harris is going to do whatever Scott Harris believes is the right decision here. Um, but that is kind of where my head is at. Now, when it comes to who is going to be removed from the 40-man roster, I don't think this is a super long conversation, which is kind of why we're just putting it here at the end of the show. 
Um, there are there are some names that the forty man roster currently with the Detroit Tigers is not like oh there's forty guys and there's no room for anybody else. There are very easily players that you can look at and go okay, uh, I, I wouldn't mind losing them in the forty. One of the fascinating conversations off rip. Uh, is Austin Meadows, as it always is going to be. The decision for non-tenders is this week. So uh, I I don't know. Like if, if you're not going to tender him anyway, you might as well just get ahead of the curve now. Do it now. Add whoever you're going to add. And then you don't have to do it again on Friday. He's just off the 40. Um, but if you want to wait until Friday or if you want to keep him on the 40, man, you do want to get take him to arbitration and you don't want to non-tender him, that's obviously a conversation conversation we'll have later in the week, but he's going to be on there. Um, Tyler Nevin is going to be in that conversation. Uh, and I said it earlier, if Dingler's added, I think there's a real chance that Donnie Sands is going to get the boot again, pushing 30 and, uh, and just like didn't have a very good year in Toledo and was, I don't want to say a throw in, but he was kind of the, the lesser of the three prospects you got for Gregory Soto. Um, I also think that Brennan Hanafy, like just didn't get very much time in the majors, wasn't awesome as is, just kind of an expendable roster spot there. And then the last one, uh, the last one is someone that wasn't really on my radar for this possibility, but again, uh, was brought to my attention by the fantastic baseball mind uh, that is Brandon Day over at Bless You Boys, um, that Garrett Hill might be in consideration for that. Uh, and just he's had so many struggles, unfortunately, that that's 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 fair. <laughs> that's pretty fair. Um, I, I've had a couple of people throw out Mason Inglert, um, maybe. But uh, again, like you have to rank is is Mason Inglert more somebody you want to get rid of more than like some of the names I just listed? Probably not. Um, but again, like this is just all the conversation around how many players you like Spencer Turnbull. Are you going to non-tender Turnbull? Well, then you might as well just get ahead of the curve and do that now. Uh, Joey Wentz, everybody's been calling for his head all season because he really struggled. There, there you have you have plenty of options. You, you have plenty of options. Okay, cool. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about these decisions that are made, continuing to talk about the offseason and talking about the multiple more decisions that the Tigers have to make by the end of the week. All right. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all then, baby. Go Tigers.